It's late February, and we all know what that means. Football season, baby. Dig out your mouth guard, get those pads on, strap on your helmet. It's almost time for spring practice. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Isaac Shade. It is a joy to be with you today, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every single day. And don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts. Seriously, wherever you listen to it, you can download and subscribe to this podcast. I joked about it off the top, but in all seriousness, spring practice is just a week away, and because of that, Mac Brown held a press conference on Tuesday. He talked and answered questions for almost an hour on a whole host of topics related to the football team. I've sifted through it all, I've done the dirty work for you, and I've pulled out two of the biggest questions Tar Heel fans want to know about. Number one, who on earth is replacing Sam Howell, because that matters in a big, fat, huge way. Quarterback, right? Come on. And number two, what on earth can we expect from the 2022 Tar Heels? Who are they going to be? I'm also going to get you caught up to speed on the latest ACC basketball standings, what's going on this week in the conference games, and how all of that affects the Tar Heels. But yes, first, the biggest question on everyone's brain, who is replacing Samuel Howell? Well, the obvious choices are are going to be the two that we've all known about. They're going to get the first shot at it. Coach Brown said that in his press conference on Tuesday. It's Jacoby Criswell and Drake May. Uh, Coach also mentioned that Jefferson Boaz is going to get some shots at it, as will Connor Harrell, who was, congrats to him, just named the High School Football America National Player of the Year. Great young man coming in by all accounts. So, Who's it going to be? I think we all probably imagine it's Chriswell or May, right? That That's everyone's guess. Let me just spare you the suspense right out of the gate. Here's a direct quote from what Coach Brown said on Tuesday. Quote, we probably will not make a decision on who starts until fall because we'll also want to have preseason camp, meaning, you know, right leading up to the season. But they could, but they could, I should say it that way, but they could separate, meaning... There's the potential that somebody could could stand out and really just blow everyone away and get named the starter. But it's not going to happen. Let's be honest about that. Coach Brown talked about some of the ways that they want to handle this whole situation because this is the first time since Coach Brown's first year back in Chapel Hill that there has actually been a quarterback competition. Each of the past two seasons, 2020 and 2021, it's it's been Sam Howell, no-brainer, write it in ink as soon as the previous season is over. So the question is, how, how will Coach Brown and company handle that this spring? Well, he said on Tuesday that he plans to handle it the exact same way he did his first year. They'll all have their opportunities. All four of these guys are going to get a shot at this thing. And uh, later on in the press conference when Coach Brown was asked, like, so 
how are you going to do that? What What is it you're looking for to help decide the starter? So he said basically what he wants to do is be hard on them. He said, Chris Will's been, been here for two years, Drake May for one year now, and so I, I, I want to make this hard on them, make them earn it. N- nobody is guaranteed this spot, this position. So he said, I want to be hard on them. I want to put them in, in game-type situations throughout the spring and ultimately throughout the preseason camp in the fall and, and see who responds best. He, he talked about, I don't want to just line up and play. I want to put them in real game scenarios. And then the one who makes the most plays is the one who's going to play on Saturday. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and so he said, man, Jacoby, Drake, they've been here long enough now, so we need to go and put pressure on them. And, and curiously, I, I personally didn't expect this. Obviously, I, I knew, as, as we all did, that there's going to be a lot of changes defensively uh, with bringing in a new coordinator and Gene Chizik and, and simplifying the defensive scheme and all that. But it was kind of news to me, took me off guard a little bit. But Coach Brown said, we're going to do some things differently offensively. All, so all of these quarterbacks are going to have to learn in these some of these new systems. He said, we're going to move the quarterback more. We're going to have more of a quick game. I'm guessing he's just talking about hurry up, no huddle type offense. And he said, we're going to do some different things offensively than we've done for the previous three years. Of course, unfortunately, he didn't elaborate on what any of that meant beyond that. So nice going, Coach Brown. Got us all wondering here just a little bit. We're going to have to wait until spring practice starts up, probably to see some of this playing out. And I would imagine they're not going to put too much on tape in case others are watching. And and we might not even see some of that until the fall rolls around. But here, friends, was the most telling line for me in everything Coach Brown said about the quarterback situation. He said, and I quote, it's going to be fun to see how they handle it. And what I love about that is that means that this is going to be a legitimate challenge for the position. These two guys, with all due respect to Boaz, all due respect to Harold coming in, this is going to be Chriswell or May. It's going to be one of the two of them. And so I think that legitimate, like, we've got to go at this all spring and all fall to figure out who, which of the two of us is going to be the starter, I think that's a win because they're going to push themselves, they're push each other, and, and all of these types of things. That day-in, day-out competition, and then whoever rises to the top or, or is last man standing, hopefully it's more of that rises to the top than just the other guy flaked out, and so I guess it defaults to me. But this is a day they both knew would coming, right? Everyone assumes, well, Sam Howell's going to leave after his junior year, and then it's either going to be Chris Well or May. So both of these guys, they're not dummies. They know what's been coming for them, and so they've been prepping for it. Now, if you're saying, hey, Isaac, who who are you going with? Who was your pick? If I were to make a pick today, I would say Drake May is your guy. He, from watching the two of them, is more in the mold of Sam Howe. I think he he looks like him. He's got a similar build. He operates like him. And so that makes a lot of sense to slot in somebody similar to the quarterback we've just had for the last three years. Um, and not that not that Chris Well is bad or, or wouldn't do a good job, but I just think it just seems like Drake May is going to be the guy. And frankly, maybe I hadn't thought about this till literally just this moment, but think about Luke, his br- his older brother who was on the basketball team. The dude just 
worked his butt off left and right. You have to imagine their dad, who was a Carolina quarterback, same way. And so not not that Chris Wall won't work hard or do any of those things, but just Luke May outworked everyone. And I can only imagine that Drake is going to live up to that same level of things. However, let me say this. If the goal is indeed like these changes that coach Brown was talking about, if they are indeed to take the team in a different route, the quarterback in a new direction, then perhaps Jacoby Criswell is the play here. If, if they're wanting a new look or a new mold or a new type of quarterback. So we'll have to keep our eyes peeled for that. But here is what I think would be the absolute worst thing is to not name a quarterback at some point is, is to not put the ball in someone's hands and say, you're our guy, go do it. They're both so young, whichever of them it is, is going to have to learn on the job. And there's going to have to be patience from the coaching staff, from fans. Hello, all, all of the people listening out here, myself, we've all got to be patient with whomever this quarterback is. But I think if I could say one thing to the coaching staff, and clearly they don't care at all what I think, but you have to name someone. You can't have one of these two quarterback, nobody knows what's going on situations. We have to name a quarterback, and then you have to stick with it through the through the ups and the downs that are inevitably going to come, uh, especially early on in this season. But that's one of the nice things about the new schedule, where you don't play an ACC game until s- game five, I believe it was. I'm not looking at the schedule right now, but it's going to be a minute. Well, Carolina is undergoing these personnel changes in several integral places. And because of that, there's a lot of wondering, who are the 2022 Tar Heels going to be? We're going to answer that in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bars are a great candy bar replacement option covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of their great flavors include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month for February, white chocolate cookies and cream. I would be all about that. I haven't tried it yet, but I would love it. Huge white chocolate fan. These flavors are all delicious, and Built Bar is coming out with new flavors all the time. And they're all about the taste at Built Bar. They they make these bars delicious first, and then they go back in and figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they pull it off, but they do it every time. A typical candy bar can be anywhere in like the 200 to 300 calorie range, but most Built Bars have just 130 calories. So go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you're going to be blown away at the numbers you see. Just about 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. So use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. And man... Like, seriously, it just means the world that we get together every day, talk about sports, talk about Carolina, this family. It's one big family, whether we're together or listening. And so thank you for joining in. Would love it. If you're not already, please go and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Well, we said just a second ago that that Carolina is going to have a new identity on both sides of the football, honestly, this year. And, and some of those are very obvious ways when we look at it, right? It's going to be a new quarterback whichever of the two guys we just talked about, again, I think it'll be Drake May, but whichever of them it'll be, it's going to be a new quarterback. 
very definitively and clearly it's going to be a new defense. You've got a new defensive coordinator who's bringing in a brand new defensive scheme with the goal of of simplifying things, just letting players go make plays. I love that. Can't wait to see it happening. But here's the thing. This new identity runs different and deeper than than just the personnel on the field or or just the scheme that you see. It's not just personnel change identity. Here's some quotes from Coach Brown from the press conference on Tuesday. <laughs> this is a direct quote. We're starting over as a program, and we want to go back to the basics we had that first year. We didn't do a great job last year as a staff or as a team of getting ready to play every week, of playing up to the standard we had the previous two years. Twice, Coach Brown mentioned, I didn't know who was going to show up. This is referencing like game time last year, uh, meaning like who's going to be there, who's going to play, who's going to knock it out. And and if you've ever listened to Coach Brown or, or heard him talk during a game or at press conferences or whatever, you know he is an upbeat and positive individual. And so these type of comments for him are, are as about as cutting and negative and and critical as you're going to hear from him, at least publicly so. So sometimes what we have to do a little bit is read between the lines to unmask his frustration and disappointment at the 2021 season. He, he came out and said it, but I, I think the, the depth of this sadness and disappointment in last year is very real. I, I want to stop and even let you hear some of the press conference in his own voice. This is just about 30 seconds of him talking about his disappointment in last year. I, I really enjoyed the first two years. I didn't have fun last year. I, I, I didn't know who was going to show up. Um, uh, so I, I didn't feel like I did a good job. So that means our, our staff didn't do a good job. And, and that's all on me. And I take this very serious. I, I left a, a really good job to come back and make sure that I took care of Carolina football and got us where we wanted to go. And the first two years, I thought we exceeded those expectations. And last year, we were short on our goals. And, and that's 100% me. So what it does, it, it motivates me to obviously make some changes. So, yeah, that's about as, as critical and, and disappointed and frustrated as you're going to hear Mac Brown. So, I, you know, whether it was the, the preseason ranking or all the expectations or the Heisman talk for Sam Howe, it, it seems like Coach Brown very clearly thinks the team was essentially fat and happy last year coming into things. But, but you hear this determination and, and just drive in his voice coach is motivated. He's using language very similar to when he re-arrived for Mac Brown 2.0 a couple years ago. There's just this re-emphasis on every little detail. He he talked about in the press conference that there is a winner and loser in everything they're doing. They're making every single thing that happens a competition as things are going on. So that there's just this fight and this drive and this will to win no matter what within, you know, not, not in a cheating way. Cause Mac Brown wouldn't do that, but win fairly, no matter what. And, and he discussed how everyone around the team, the, the players, the coaches, the support personnel is feeling this, this thing, whatever it is. And so the team has to create a new identity. Now, on one hand, that's disappointing to me that 
what was it about what happened those first two years? There, there was the overachieving that he talked about. But then why do you rest on your laurels after that? What is it that doesn't continue to drive you when you're right on the precipice of doing something really special? But on the other hand, I, I recognize the humanity in it, right? Like we all just get to a point where we've, we've done something really well and we think we've achieved something. And so we rest and we pull back and we're a little bit complacent. And so maybe some of that snuck in to the team. Well, regardless, whatever's going on there, Coach Brown said, we, we do have to create this new identity. And he, he talked about all the, all the voices they're hearing nationally. People saying, oh, they're not going to be any good this year. They've lost Sam. They've lost this player. They've lost that player. And he said that Sam has been our identity the last three years. Who's going to be the next Michael Carter, the next Javante, the next Sam? Who's going to step up and be a deep threat like Deami Brown was? And so that, that is the type of, of conversation they're having is who's going to be the next this and the next that, who's going to step in and be that player. And, and here's, here's where I'm at with it. Here's my take on all this. Whatever this new identity is going to be, it has to be sustainable. It has to be something that you can recreate year after year after year, no matter who's under center or in the backfield or spread out wide or flying around making plays on defense. We, there, there has to be a sustainable model in place. And, and this new identity, it's, it's so revolutionary. I, I've come up with it and I'm brilliant. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you ready for this? That new identity needs to be North Carolina. Okay, great. Duh. Yeah, Isaac, I get it. They're the Tar Heels, right? Well, so let me explain what I mean. Players come and players go every two, three, four years. Sam Howe, for example, he is fantastic. You know, arguably, maybe not even arguably, maybe there is no argument. He is the best quarterback in Carolina history. Is going to be so sorely missed and needs to be a great Tar Heel for life, a great ambassador for this this team and this university. But he's just one member of the University of North Carolina Tar Heels football team. And and when we think about the era that we're in with the transfer portal, with player empowerment, with NIL, with everything going on with COVID, with players moving closer to home and doing things like that. It is so much harder to build a program, but that has to be the identity now is the program that is the University of North Carolina. And sure, there are going to be times when a player can be the main face of that identity, but the identity itself needs to literally be the name on the front of the jersey. That way, when Sam Howell leaves, you don't say, who's the next Sam Howell? You say, who's the next Tar Heel? So if I'm the coaching staff, and again, I'm not, that's the question I'm working to answer as I seek to find this new identity that Coach Brown talked about. What is it that uniquely makes us who we are as North Carolina? Let, let's figure that out, and then let's lean into that and create, again, a sustainable system so that regardless of who the names are that, that come and go and that we're obviously going to remember and champion and cheer for, it's the name on the front is what shines forward. That's the identity. I am a Tar Heel.
Well, Coach Davis is trying to build that same culture with the basketball team. They're coming off a busy weekend, and, and because of that busy basketball weekend, it's a great time for us to pause midweek and see how the, those two victories affected Carolina's standing in the ACC and what's going on around the conference this week. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Football's over for the season, but basketball is a full go. The NBA is coming off All-Star Weekend. They start back up tomorrow on Thursday. And then Selection Sunday is now less than three weeks away. That's so crazy. So from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. They remain the best spot for everything for sport, from sports scores to podcasts and news for this sports season. And it's not just basketball either. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, man, we are really coming down the home stretch of the ACC conference season, of the regular season all around the nation. Carolina has just three games left in the regular season. They traveled to Raleigh to, to play NC State on Saturday, then right back to the Dean Dome for Syracuse on Monday, and then uh, wrap it all up at Duke inside Cameron that very next Saturday. And so uh, where are things at right now? Well, the Tar Heels are 12-5 and five in the ACC, so that means at worst, the worst they can finish is 12-8. and eight. And based on the current standings, where, where things are after Tuesday's games, there was only one game in the ACC Tuesday night. Uh, that was um, Miami at Pitt. Miami blew out uh, Pitt. So that, that was a lot of fun for Tar Heel fans everywhere to watch after what Pitt did a couple weeks ago. But anyway, I digress from that. Based on the current standings, at, at worst, if Carolina went 0-3, didn't win another game, the worst they could finish in the conference is 7th, which means they've wrapped up at least a single bye in the conference tournament, which is awesome. Obviously, though, the goal is to get one of those top four seeds, so you get a double bye right straight to the quarterfinals. We'll talk more about the ACC tournament here in just a second. Now, in terms of the top of the league standings, Duke has edged just ahead of Notre Dame by a game Duke won over the weekend, Notre Dame lost at Wake, and so now the Blue Devils have sole possession of first place thanks to that Irish loss. A couple big games I want to highlight coming up this week, this week outside of outside of the two games the Tar Heels play Saturday and Monday. On uh, tonight, Wednesday night, number seven, Duke is at Virginia, seven o'clock on ESPN, seven o'clock Eastern to specify. Uh, you might remember Virginia won at Duke earlier this month. And so the Cavs are trying to play their way onto the bubble. Uh, you know, two wins over a season sweep over Duke is going to do a lot to help that. And, and really, that's the only big major quality wins you can get in the ACC this season. So they're trying to play their way onto the bubble, and and honestly, they have a shot at a top four ACC seed uh, for the conference tournament, which uh, a couple weeks ago would have seemed weird, but they've played their way right into contention for that. Currently just one game back of Carolina and Miami. And then for the Blue Devils, they need to win that game to hang on to sole possession of first place, stay ahead of Notre Dame. Speaking of which, also on Wednesday night, Syracuse is traveling to Notre Dame, seven o'clock Eastern on ESPN News. Big win for Notre or big game for Notre Dame coming off that loss this weekend. They really need 
to beat the Orange to try to keep pace at the top with the Blue Devils and not fall down into uh, that territory with Miami and Carolina. A couple games I want to highlight for Saturday. Virginia Tech is at Miami. Virginia Tech, uh, we just saw them uh, this past Saturday. Carolina was there in Blacksburg. They are at Miami. And so that's a big game for the Hurricanes to to, uh, to play to kind of keep pace with the Tar Heels. And Virginia Tech's just trying to make some noise. Uh, we know that at any moment they could just go off from the three-point line, which could win them uh, a big game. So that's 3 o'clock Eastern Saturday on ACC Network Extra. Miami's trying to hold on to that top four seed and a bubble spot. And again, blasted pit on Tuesday night. And if Virginia Tech gets hot, they can be dangerous. Never know what might happen. The other game I want to highlight on Saturday involves two teams we've already talked about. Duke is at Syracuse, 6 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. You never know what's going to happen with Syracuse and that zone and Coach Beheim's sons just jacking up everything in sight. We're going to get to see that inside the Smith Center on Monday, but we'll talk about that more coming up on Monday. So in terms of the ACC tournament, it's looking right now like Duke is probably going to be the one seed. They, they don't have much ahead of them, and so if they can win out, they will hold that. But obviously, Tar Heels are hoping they can uh, have a little say in that themselves. So barring anything crazy happening, Duke will be that one seed. And objectively, right now, the Blue Devils are the class of the conference. They, they've had inconsistent moments throughout the season, sure. Uh, they, they've led to some close calls and, and a couple losses, but by and large, they have seemed to be the most consistent team. And so what that means for Carolina in terms of the ACC tournament is you really want to find a way to get up to that two or three seed so that you wouldn't have to play Duke until the finals, if you're lucky enough to use the Roy Williams phrase, to make it that far. And so uh, what Carolina would have to do then is overcome at least two of Notre Dame, Miami, and Wake. And unfortunately, you might recall, Carolina played Notre Dame once this season, lost, played Miami once this season, lost, played Wake once this season, and lost. So the Tar Heels hold a tiebreaker over precisely zero of those three teams. So the Tar Heels just got to keep winning to get up to that two or three line. So I would suggest that the top four seeds, those double buys, are going to end up being some combination of these six teams. Duke, who's 13-3 and right now, Notre Dame, 12-4. and Carolina and Miami, both 12 and 5, and Waker, Virginia, who are both 11 and 6. Syracuse does have an outside shot at, at getting up to that top four. They're 9 and 7 right now, so just uh, like two and a half games back. But listen to their closing schedule. They've still got four ACC games. You ready for this? At Notre Dame versus Duke, at UNC versus Miami. Syracuse's final four games are against the current top four teams in the ACC standing. So the, the, I just don't see them getting up there. They could just as easily very well go 0-4 in those four games. So right now, I, I think that Carolina is in a great place with their standing. Obviously, there's been inconsistency, but I, I think they're where they need to be for one of those top four seeds. Again, as we talked about yesterday, there's these can't lose games. They, they've got to hold uh, against NC State and Syracuse this weekend. And then and then if they're able to do that, a, a win against Duke would just be the cherry on top. 
So after a day off, yesterday on Tuesday, the, the Tar Heels will get back to it. Today, Wednesday, the, they'll prep for NC State. And because of that quick turnaround at some point this week, I'm sure they'll spend some time working on the Syracuse zone and, and getting into that. We'll preview that as, as we get to Monday. Should be a fun weekend. We'll see if the Tar Heels can pick up two more wins and solidify their place in the NCAA tournament. Well, that is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever it is, you can find the show there. I'd love it if you followed the show on Twitter for all sorts of breaking news from us and, and what's going on on the show. At Locked on Heels, you can follow me at Isaac Shade. As always, one S, two A's in Isaac. There's a C between the S and H in Shade. You can send the show an email to talk more, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. I'd love to hear where you go, what you go, and do what you do for a section, uh, a segment of the show that we call, Where Do You Go? And so I, I want to know, what do you do? How do you celebrate your Tar Heel fandom? And as always, if you like what you're hearing, bring a friend to be part of this Locked on Tar Heels community. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to unpack a little bit more from Coach Brown's press conference for uh, the pre-spring uh, spring break, pre-spring football press conference. He talked a little bit about how difficult roster management is in this era, and so I, I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, also, on Thursday, the NBA, as we referenced, gets back from the All-Star break, and so I just want to set up the back half of the season in terms of NBA Tar Heels and what they're doing, and we'll talk about some more as well. Thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, just like every show on the Locked On Network. Thanks so much for spending part of your Wednesday talking Carolina sports with me. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace! Peace!